Good morning. Y'all doing all right this morning? I got two yeses. All right, good. Par for the course. All right, let's see. Mr. Darrell Foster, you want to lead us in prayer, please? Amen. All right, Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10. Talking about the apostles. Matthew chapter 10. Anybody remember which apostle we're talking about? Peter. (laughs) Miss Marcia says, steal? (laughs) Matthew chapter 10. Looking at Peter. Matthew chapter 10, verse 1. And when he had called unto him his twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out, and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Now the names of the twelve apostles are these. The first, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew his brother, James the son of Zebedee, and John his brother, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew the publican, James the son of Alphaeus, and Lebius, whose surname was Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. All right, talking about Peter. I don't think I'll do this every week, maybe, but Peter, who was Peter's brother? Andrew, who was his father? I didn't ask that last time. Jonah. Jonas. Right. Where was he from? Where did he, where was he, where did he grow up? Where was he born? He grew up. Bethsaida. That's right. And then him and Andrew moved where? Capernaum. To have a fishing business with who? James and John, the sons of who? Zebedee, all right. (laughs) Quiz is over. (laughs) Who, James and John? Yeah, yeah. Miss Peggy likes to get ahead of me. She likes to get way on out there. We ain't even talking about them two. And she's giving little nuggets and stealing that. But y'all will forget by then I have full confidence, so I'm not worried about that. (laughs) Some people didn't even remember what apostle we were talking about. Who are we talking about? Oh, Peter. So, all right. When we're looking at, Warren, what are we looking at specifically? You remember? Wow moments. Wow moments in the life of Peter. We looked at a lot in Peter's life. Um, wow moments. I had two left. Uh, now I've got six. <laughs> I thought of some more. <laughs> What'd you say? Oh, wow. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. From two to six. Remember, we said every wow moment's not a good moment. So, yeah, now that I've got six, I'm sure you're not happy. You ain't going to give away a wow moment, are you? Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. Have you? Okay. Good. What was one of them? 
Mm-hmm. Ain't that something? <laughs> what do you think about that, Donald? I ain't gonna say that on the mic because it's going out everywhere. But yeah, that's funny. Ain't that something? That's a wild moment. That's something that sticks with you. Yeah. Yeah. Lord's been good to us. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime somebody talks about somebody getting saved at an old age, guess who I think about? I think about Mr. Bill. Man. Hmm. Yes. I heard somebody speaking recently. I don't remember where it was. It may have been here, so forgive me. I don't think it was Brother Kevin, though. Um, and I know it wasn't Brother Brother Rule. <laughs> I couldn't understand a lot of what he was saying, but um, I still love him. But uh, it was a preacher, and uh, I heard him say that they were driving by this person's house and really felt impressed to stop and talk to him. And to make a long story short, they didn't. And that afternoon found out that person had died. Not every wow moment is a good moment. But there are eye-opening moments in our life. And that's, that's what we're talking about, wow moments. So I had two. I've got, got a few more. But I can't leave those out. I think that's it. Um, so let's take our Bibles and look at Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24, if you have your Bible. If you don't, bring it next time. (laughs) I ain't looking at nobody, so don't get mad at me. Luke chapter 24. The last one we talked about was when Peter denied the Lord. Not a good moment. (laughs) Not a good moment. But the Bible does say that the Lord looked at Peter, and I believe that was a piercing look, and he went out and wept bitterly. Yeah, I think it stuck with him. I feel like it did. Luke chapter 24, verse 33 and 34. Now, you want to talk about, you want to talk about nuggets being buried. This is one. This is one that I saw several years ago, and somebody probably pointed it out to me, but I can't remember who it was. But this is something, it's amazing. I don't, I don't know if you're the same way. If you read your Bible, you probably are. I, just like I see something every time. I know I've read this chapter. I've read it multiple times. But when I first saw this, I, I was like I'd never seen it before. It's a living word. It's a living word, even the book of Numbers. (laughs) That's one one a lot of people skip when they read the Bible through. You need to read it. (laughs) 
ask the Lord to help you. But Luke chapter 24, this is something that's kind of buried, and, and there's, there's going to be a reference to it also in 1 Corinthians. But if you think about what happened, think about what you think happened. That's the big thing. When Christ died and he was resurrected, who saw him? Now, if you know where I'm going with this, don't you give it away. <laughs> but who saw him when he was resurrected? They don't have to be in any order. Who saw him? Nobody. Nobody saw him. No, nobody saw him after he was resurrected. Is that what I'm getting? Who saw him after he was resurrected? The women. At least Mary Magdalene. Okay? Mary Magdalene saw him. Probably, <clears throat> probably the first person to see him after he was resurrected. And I don't know exactly what happened, but I feel like she made a move toward him and he said, don't touch me. Remember what he said next? I have not yet ascended to my father. Okay, keep that in mind. Don't touch me. I have not yet ascended. You can't touch me. All right, and then who else, who else saw him after he was resurrected? You said Thomas, but before that, he was late. Who saw him before that? Some of the disciples, they were gathered together. We don't know everybody that was there. Some of the women, some of the men, and Jesus appeared to them. He just appeared. He didn't walk through the door. He just appeared. <laughs> Probably. We know who wasn't there, Thomas, because he saw him later. So he just appeared. Okay? He had just seen Mary some time ago. We don't know exactly how long ago that was. And he said, don't touch me. When he appeared to the disciples, he said, have at it. What had happened? He had obviously ascended to his father. And there's a lot that, can, we, I don't need to really get into that. That's not what we're talking about. There's a lot that goes into, well, what'd he do? Where'd he go? During all that time. So the, the disciples saw him. Okay, after the disciples saw him, after Thomas came, he missed out on it. He doubted. He said, I ain't gonna believe it unless I see the, the nail prints in his hand and the wound in his side. And then Jesus appeared again, and he was there. All right, and then after that, who saw him? Who? Okay. He appeared to a lot of people. Anybody remember specifically? There's a pretty, pretty popular account. Not this one we're talking about, but one right before this verse. I'm going to start in verse 33, but there was one, there's an account right before this. Anybody remember? Two people traveling on the road to Emmaus. They saw him. Who were those two people? We don't know. 
We know one. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of, there's a lot of controversy over who the second one is. You know what I say? It doesn't matter. <laughs> why, why, why fight about it? But after that, so there's a couple of accounts. Those are, those are very well known accounts. That's why I brought that up. Very well known. He appeared to Mary. He appeared to the disciples. He, he appeared to the disciples again when Thomas was there. He appeared to the two on the road to Emmaus. We all have heard that. If I had heard this before, it was just daylight to me. I, did, I don't know it. But look at verse 33. This is after Jesus appears to the two on the road to Emmaus. And it says, well, look at verse 32. These two. And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the scriptures? Remember, they, they walked with him and they talked with him and they didn't know who he was. And they asked him to come back and have a meal with them. And as he began to expound the scriptures, all of a sudden, boom, they knew who he was. Their eyes were open and he disappeared. And that's what they're talking about. Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the scriptures? And then look at verse 33. And they rose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven gathered together and them that were there with them. Who's the eleven? Who is it? You don't have to name each one, but it's a group minus somebody. <laughs> it's, a, it's the twelve minus Judas. Where is he at, Miss Peggy? He's not at the prayer meetings, what she says. <laughs> several weeks ago and no he's not so that's who it is it's these apostles we're talking about minus judas says they found them gathered together and them that were with them saying the lord is risen indeed and hath appeared to who simon what in the world is going on here hold your place there and turn over to first corinthians Chapter 15. Who knows who wrote the book of 1 Corinthians? Paul. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Look at verse 3. If anybody asks you what the gospel is, this is what you say. This is what the gospel is. Now, a lot of people, when you say, what's the gospel, they'll, they'll say the good news. Okay, yes, what is the good news? This is it. This is the gospel, okay, these, these next two verses. Look at verse 3, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3. Paul says, for I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. That's the gospel. And then look at verse 5. And that he was seen of who? Cephas. Who is Cephas? That's Peter. Then of the twelve. When did this happen? Were you aware of this? 
There's a secret meeting, apparently, that has happened between the Lord and Peter. When did it happen? We don't know. What was said? We don't know. All we know is that very soon after his resurrection, the Lord appeared to Peter. Okay? Now keep that in mind. Now, that's coming in. Yeah, hang on, hold on to that. He's wanting to know about the 12. John chapter 21. I think this is another wow moment in his life. And it's just like Peter, the way it's going to end up, though. John chapter 12. Not, not the part where he jumps in the water here. So if you know this account, Peter has said, I'm going fishing. And the rest of the disciples said, we're going with you. And so they went fishing. And Peter was evidently naked. Now, does that mean he didn't have any clothes on or that he didn't have his outer garment on? I don't know. It don't matter. Jesus appeared on the shore. And I think, without looking, I think it was John. They saw the Lord on the shore, and I think it was John that said, It's the Lord. Peter jumps in the water and starts swimming to him. The others just go ahead and row the boat. <laughs> But Peter jumped in the water. And so they come to the shore and they have some fish with the Lord. This is where he says, come and dine. And in verse 15, it says, so when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, feed my lambs. He saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus said unto, me, said unto him, Feed my sheep. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, When thou wast young, thou girdest thyself and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands and another shall gird thee and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. And then John tells us, this spake he signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said unto him, follow me. I think that was an eye-opening moment for Peter. But what's amazing to me is, what do we say about Peter? He's the apostle, what? With a foot-shaped mouth. He answers questions when nobody's asked anything. 
he, he's extremely bold, which can be good, but a lot of times in his situation, it's bad. Not every time. It's going to take a bold man to do what he's going to do in Acts chapter 2. And so he has this interaction with Jesus that I can't explain to you. I don't know. I don't, I don't understand everything about it. There's all kind of different, I'm going to say controversy about it. What does he mean when he asks him, lovest thou me more than these? I don't know. Why is he asking him three times? I don't know. What's the difference? I don't know. He's trying to get a message across to Peter. And at the end, he says, follow me. And what does Peter say? Look in verse 20. Then Peter, turning about, seeth the disciple whom Jesus loved following, which also leaned on his breast at supper. Who's that? That's John. And said, Lord, oh, I'm sorry. I do that every time. (laughs) The one who leaned on his breast at supper and said, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? That's John. Peter, seeing him, saith to Jesus, Lord, and what shall this man do? (laughs) That is classic Peter. The Lord was drilling in him. Where Where are your priorities? What is your priority? Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? He asked him so many times, Peter got upset about it. And then instead of saying, after he said, follow me, yes, Lord, I will, he looks at John and says, what about this guy? What's he going to do? A lot of times we're focused too much on everybody else. Sometimes we don't need to worry about everybody else, just worry about ourselves. What does the Lord want you to do? Even, I think about it as a parent. But even Johnny, sometimes we shouldn't worry so much about what the Lord wants our kids to do. We need to worry about what the Lord wants us to do. Now, we should be sensitive about that and pray about that, of course. But a lot of times we need to lay all this other down, which I think is the main message that the Lord is trying to get to Peter here, lay it all down whether he's talking about the fishing business, where he's talking about the other disciples, whatever he's talking about, lay it all down and do what? Follow him. If we could just get that message and it could get in here, we'd be in good shape. All right? So after this, Jesus is ascended. I'm not going to look at Acts chapter 2. You could say that was a, a great moment. It was a great moment. You could say it was a wow moment. Peter gets up and preaches. He had to have boldness. The Lord can do anything he wants to do. But John couldn't preach this sermon. Thomas could not preach this sermon. Matthew could not do this. It had to be Peter. And the Lord knew what he was doing when he called Peter. The old roughneck, bold, strong Peter. Who had, yeah, all these faults, but I'm glad he does. Why? Because I have all these faults. And it should encourage us that God can take somebody with all the faults that Peter has, that we pointed out, that he kept in the Bible. All the faults that Peter has and still use him like this. So he gets up and he preaches. And you know, you, you've, you know the story. 
He says, wicked hands crucified Christ. Your hands crucified Christ. <laughs> He's talking to Jews, not the people. He's talking to these religious leaders of the Jewish people. He says, you're the ones that crucified Christ. And all these other people are hearing it. But now that echoes already said it through the ages to us. Our wicked hands crucified Christ too. Yes, ma'am. And what happened? 3,000 people got saved. 3,000. 3,000 people got saved by listening to a message from the one who denied the Lord. So he preaches this. And then he does these other things. But he does these things like, like it's just second nature. If you read right before he stands up and preaches this message, there's no Peter debated in himself whether he should stand up. He just gets up and does it. When you read about this, him healing the lame man, by the way, him and John are, tag, are a tag team now. They're together in this book of Acts. Not all the way, but much of the way. Him and John are together. And they're healing people. He heals a lame man like it's nothing. There was a man laying there. He asked, he asked for money. And Peter and John, and I believe they're telling the truth. They said, we don't have any money. But what I have, I'm, I'm about to give you. <laughs> In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, get up and walk. And he did. And it talks about, and there's again controversy here. It talks about others that they bring who have different infirmities to lay them in the shadow of Peter. Now it doesn't say they were healed. Maybe you can infer that. Maybe we can't. I don't know. But there was something now about Peter. He's different. Something's changed. So him and John are doing all these things. They're put in prison together. They're told, I think Brother Kevin talked about this, they're told not to preach anymore in the name of Jesus. Don't do it. And they said, we have to. We can't do anything but proclaim the name of Jesus. And so they let them go, and guess what they did? They kept their mouths shut, and they went back home. No, they kept preaching. And they called them again. Later on, this is traveling through the book of Acts. Later on, they catch them, and they beat them. This time, they beat them bad, him and John. And the Bible says when they let them go, something that was very, um, it's amazing, I wasn't going to read it, so I don't, I'm not sure where it is, but it's in the book of Acts. They get beaten, and they let them go, and they say, don't preach the name of Jesus anymore. And the Bible says that they went out rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer all of that for the name of Christ. They just got put in jail and beat, and they were happy about it. And then look in Acts chapter 10. This is another wow moment. We 
Well, it's going to kind of skip through here just a little bit. Acts chapter 10. Verse 1, there was a certain man of Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band, a devout man and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. All right, so he had this vision. You want to explain that? I can't. He had a vision. That's what the Bible says. It said, send to this man's house. I think it's Simon. Call Simon. Yeah, he lodged with one called Simon too. Send over there and get him. It's Peter. So look at verse 9. On the morrow, as they went on their journey and drew nigh unto the city, Peter, Peter went up <clears throat> upon the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. Now in their time, that was about lunch. And so, verse 10, he became very hungry and would have eaten, but while they made ready, he fell into a trance. Yes, that's in your Bible. And saw heaven opened, and a certain vessel descending unto him, as it had been a great sheet, knit at the four corners, and let down to the earth, wherein were all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth, and wild beasts, and creeping things, and fowls of the air. And there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill, and eat. What's the problem with that? What's the... That's going to be a problem for him. We're about to read it. Why? These animals were unclean. And good little Jewish boys were taught, you don't eat these. Don't even touch them. Now, the Lord is saying, rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, not so, Lord. For I've never eaten anything that is common or unclean. I ain't never ate an unclean thing in my life. Sometimes we think we know better than the Lord, I think. And the voice spake unto him again the second time, What God hath cleansed, that call not thou common. This was done thrice. <laughs> now, now, again, I, I'm reading between the lines. Why was it done three times? Not necessarily the number three, but why was it done three times? He was hard-headed. <laughs> this was done three times. And the vessel was received up again into heaven. He's, he's trying to get a message across to him. And he had to get that message across at that time. It had to be then. He, he, he would have had to have done it 40 times if that's what it took. He had to understand that whatever you've been told, whatever the law says, whatever all the Jewish leaders say, whatever all your presuppositions about things are, he needs to be told and understand by, by God what I say supersedes all of that things are changing now god's not going against his own word but they had what they have mr david they have over 600 laws they had like can you not hear me they had like <laughs> they had, how you doing they <laughs> 
Well, they have like 600, over 600 laws on those people back then. Something like that. You're not going to find that in the Old Testament. It was hard. They made it hard on them. They couldn't even, they couldn't light a fire on the Sabbath. They couldn't, I forgot what it was. It's something like if they couldn't, they couldn't write two letters. Something like that. They could write one, but when they write two, it's work. How ridiculous. So Peter's been filled also with a lot of things. But now this, this right here kind of comes out of the Old Testament. But Peter has to understand things are changing. Things are changing. This is a time of transition. He's transitioning from this old covenant to the new. When you look at some of the things in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus points to some things that Moses said. You have heard this. You have heard this. You have heard this. But I say to you, this. You have heard that a a man, he's with another woman, commits adultery. I say if he even doesn't in his heart, he commits adultery. Things are changing. God's not going against his own word. He's about to deal with people in a different way. It's basically what dispensations are, if you've ever heard of that. Oh, my goodness. So, these men from Cornelius' house come, and they ask for Peter. And the Holy Spirit said, get down and go with him. (laughs) And he did. And so he comes, and he appears in the house of Cornelius. And this is a... This is a benchmark moment. This here. And he preaches again here in the house of Cornelius. Not again in the house of Cornelius, but he's preaching again. He's doing a lot of that in the book of Acts. He's preaching in the house of Cornelius. And look in verse 44. Acts chapter 10, verse 44. And we'll have to stop here. And we got one done. 1044. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. I want to stop right there to ask you, why why is that so special? What's the big deal about that? It's a huge deal. Why? He's preached before and other people have gotten saved. What's the big deal about these? Do you know? And some of you do, I know. What's that? Well, if these are Gentiles. Now, when the Bible talks about Gentiles, he's talking about everybody who's not Jewish. So there were Jew and there were Gentiles. And the word of God, even Jesus himself said it, I believe to the, uh, I don't know if it's a Syrophoenician woman. She came to him, begged, begged of him. He said, it's not good for me to take the children's bread and give it to dogs. She said, yeah, but dogs take the crumbs. <laughs> and Jesus said, I, I'm come for the house of Israel. So the word of God was available to the Jews. But now it's available to the Gentiles. And that was the picture that the Lord was trying to get across to Peter with that sheet and those animals. They considered Gentiles dogs. They considered them unclean. Don't have anything to do with them. Nothing. 
And the Lord said, what I call clean, you don't call unclean. Now he's going to a Gentile's house. How do we know? I read it. Verse 1. He was a centurion. He was an Italian. And he had a house full of Gentiles. And Peter preached and the Holy Ghost fell on these people. And, and he, I guarantee you, he, wow. We'll read a little bit later. He gets in trouble for this. Verse 45. And they of the circumcision. Who's that? The Jews. Which believed were astonished. As many as came with Peter. Because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. I understand, again, I shouldn't have to say that every time. The Lord can do whatever he wants. But if this hadn't happened, you'd have no hope. We would have no hope. If God had not unlocked the gospel to the Gentiles through Peter, it would have just been Jews. But he didn't want it just to be Jews. He wanted you and me. And that blows my mind. Look at verse 46. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He's talking about Noah and his three sons. And you have to understand, to understand that, what people groups came from those three boys. Because there were only eight people. I don't care what anybody tells you. And it wasn't a local flood. That's impossible. It was a worldwide flood. So it was reset with eight people. So all the descendants of Noah through Ham, Shem, and Japheth are the ones that filled the world. And that's where we're, that's why we're here. And certain people groups came from Ham. And certain people groups, the Jews, came from Shem. And certain people groups came from Japheth. And he, that's what he's saying. The Bible made a prophecy that the, the house of Japheth is going to dwell in the house of Shem. So it came through the Jews to the Gentiles. So that was not, God knew it all along. He knew it. You can't even say from the foundation of the world. That puts time in it. He's always known it. That's the way it had to be. Yeah. Accepted. Right. That's right. And his own received him not. 
Amen. Me too. So we have him delivering salvation to the Gentiles here. We'll finish reading and we'll be done. 46, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Don't get crazy with that. Then answered Peter, can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? I think he got the message that the Lord was trying to give him with the sheep and the animals because he wants to baptize them immediately. And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed they him to tarry certain days. So, wow moments. We got to go. Wow moments in the life of Peter. That's, that's, that's definitely one. Definitely one. Jesus said a lot of things that they didn't understand. If they would have understood all the things Jesus said, they would have saw that coming. But I don't think he saw it coming. But thankfully, the Lord appeared to him and got that message across. And it comes through the Gentiles. And now, because of all that, we have an opportunity to go to heaven. Okay, Chris, you want to dismiss